Hello and welcome again to the Here and Now podcast. I'm Linda Dissel, Senior Equity Strategist at Federated Investors. And today I'm joined by Daniel Paris, Senior Portfolio Manager and Head of the Strategic Value Dividend Team. Let's start by discussing the rate environment we're in. In the past several years, rates have been all over the place. The 10-year yield has been as low as 1.5% and as high as 3.2%. What does that mean for the businesses that pay dividends? Uh, Hello, Linda, and thank you for having me on the show. Uh, The rate environment has been really fascinating. On one level, particularly when people are discussing investments and expectations of returns, they're discussing almost nothing but the rate environment, the expectation that the rate environment is going to drive returns. What's going to happen? Rates moving up. What's going to happen? Rates moving down. And that's fine. That's the stock market and how it operates. Uh, Curiously, however, at the level of company ownership, and the generation of dividends from said ownership, the movement in rates, whether up or down, at these levels has had almost no impact and is not likely to to have any particular impact on the generation of dividends. Uh, Interest rates moving up five basis points in a day or down 30 basis points in, in two months doesn't change the consumption of food, beverage, tobacco, household products, pharmaceuticals, doesn't change uh, consumption of electricity or uh, oil production or uh, these other things. Those things continue along. They're more driven by GDP, which tends to be more stable. So you have two levels of um, kind of effect, the stock market effect and then the business effect. Now, interest rates at very, very low levels or very, very high levels will certainly have an impact on businesses, their ability to generate cash flows, distributable cash flows and dividends. Uh, But we're actually not really there. But at the same time, of course, every single day, the change in interest rates, even whether it's just a few basis points, this is for the 10-year, which is most important for us on, on the, the equity side. Uh, change in the 10-year is always given uh, power to change share prices. Oh, why did the market go up today? Oh, because interest rates went down. Oh, why did the market go down today? Uh, because interest rates went up. Hard to tell whether that's true or not, but uh, it's really important, I think, for investors to keep in mind the difference between interest rates and the businesses uh, that, they, that they own. Yeah, that's really true. And something you said to me or just said earlier about sometimes people want to talk about nothing but the interest rate environment. I think it's great that you look at businesses and can they deliver and grow their dividends, which is really a great thing, particularly these days. It's so funny, you know, in my job as a market strategist and how many people over these last number of years have said, as I said, high dividend yielding investing is probably a great idea in here. How could you say that rates are going up? And in fact, they did not. So now, what about these interest rates, which have been on the lower end of Mm -hmm. the range now, and its impact on the market, the stock market? What do you think? Yeah, I think there are really two, two, uh, actually three observations I would make. First of all, just to reiterate your point, but make it even clearer, I've been in this business for a couple decades at this point in time, and really for the last 10, 12 years, heard nothing but, oh, interest rates are going to go up, this type of approach the stock markets uh, isn't going to work out. During that period, let's just be clear, everyone has been 100% convinced that interest rates are going up. And during this period, interest rates have gone nowhere but down. So just take that as the wisdom of crowds and for whatever it's worth. Um, so that, that is, uh, you know, the folly, uh, human folly as reflected in the, in the stock market and expectations. That being said, interest rates at the current levels and coming down 
I think do have an impact on our style of investing or the style of investing reflected in, in dividend investing uh, in terms of basic supply and demand. I, I, I don't like to you know, discuss the or get into debates about how it affects share prices in any given day, but there is a basic supply and demand issue when interest rates for financial assets are as low as they are. People need income. Grandma needs income. Retirees, baby boomers need income. For reasons un, you know, not necessarily related to their need for income, income has kind of disappeared from traditional asset sources. Uh, rates, cash rates on name your, name your products, CDs, um, uh, overnight rates, money market rates, whatever, whatever product you're looking at over the last five, ten years, interest rates have come way, way down. Yet the need for income from retirees has not come way, way down. It's probably moved up. And so... Um, we are probably benefiting from a supply and demand, again, not discussing stock market dynamics, but from a supply and demand perspective. Ownership in businesses which pay, make cash distributions quarterly, and for publicly traded ones, those are called dividends, uh, have uh, probably uh, benefited, clearly benefited, from the fact that uh, uh, a, a dividend approach to investing in the stock market can meet a client's real-world need for income that might have been met by other types of assets uh, a decade ago and just just can't be met by other types of assets right now. Uh, Yes, and the stock market, of course, has done very well this year, making new recent record highs, even as the more defensive areas have done better and better, haven't they? As the market probably is reflecting the fact that we're at the back half of an economic cycle, and history shows these are the very kinds of stocks that work best at this stage of the cycle. Now, Dan, how do you think the rate environment affects the supply and demand for dividend stocks? Well, again, I, I think that uh, there's a limited supply, and um, we see demand go up and down based on how a combination of retirees needing income or stock market investors moving out of different sectors because they think they're going to be in favor. And there have been a couple periods, uh, 2016, you could argue for parts of 2019, when just from a stock market perspective, the lower interest rates have, have led stock um, dividend-paying stocks to be in favor. But in general, uh, quite ironically, you know, we've had uh, 10 years of a strong market rally. Uh, uh, dividend-paying stocks have historically been out of favor during this last 10-year period. There have been exceptions, blips, and there will continue to be. Uh, the net result is, you know, where we stand right now, late 2019, um, given where our, uh, given where yields for the types of investments we like to make are, given what the dividend growth rates are, given what the interest rate structure is, given the demand for income right now, and given, given in relative levels of performance, again, not dividend performance, but stock market performance. We focus on dividend performance, but a lot of other people focus on stock performance. Given all those factors, very, very comfortable where we sit. We have these ownership stakes in businesses. We have income, we have dividend growth, we have conservative businesses in kind of unconservative times, uh, and uh, the interest rate structure, and I would say the demographic structure, is um, kind of leaning in our direction. So it, it's, it's uh, from my perspective, a good time to be uh, uh, inclined in this direction. And as you say, all those aging baby boomers need income that always go to the government bond, but just as you say, the rates keep going down, don't they? And where else can they turn for high-quality income? 
Yeah, you know, uh, investment-grade bonds are, are great. They are investment-grade bonds, and, and that's wonderful. But the rates, the cash rates of return are low. Yeah. Government securities, in theory, risk-free, though that's a debatable point. We can save that for the next podcast. Yes. Uh, but their rates of return are very low. Uh, interest rates from fixed-income securities outside the United States are even lower uh, government bonds outside the United States are trading at negative levels. We can discuss that again um, another time. So the uh, U.S. stock market, whatever its issues and however you may feel about it, when approached in a kind of conservative, dividend-focused manner, can meet a real, real-world need, uh, and that's that's what we that's what we try to do. Well, now as you look into 2020, Dan, what is your main concern, if any? as you survey the investment landscape. Yeah, and this is kind of a little bit inside baseball for, for dividend investing, but the, the, the hard part about dividend investing is not necessarily a higher yield, it's, it's dividend growth. And you're facing all sorts of challenges, tailwinds or headwinds, but you know, uh, I'm paid to worry about the headwinds, not so much to claim the tailwinds. And uh, the headwinds at any given point or time are about economic growth, uh, they can be about the dollar. Uh, the, probably the, the dollar's been rising, that makes it harder to generate dollar-based dividend growth. Economic growth is what it is, um, low single digit, uh, always a struggle, but you know, a struggle we've been managing through for, for nearly two decades now. The number one issue I worry about is actually deflation, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Um, uh, just you know, prices going down, not up for goods and services in real terms. And that's something that uh, makes it harder to deliver nominal dividend growth. But again, that's what we're paid for as active managers, active business owners to to deliver dividend growth, and, and that is our mandate. Uh, I do keep, when we look at our, all of our companies, I look at pricing. Uh, mm-hmm. How significant are the deflationary pressures? Is there pricing power? Or is there modest inflation? Uh, and, and trying to modulate that so we can achieve our goal of delivering dividend growth. But if, if you ask me what keeps me up at night, it is the, the broad notion of, uh, of deflation. Deflation even harder to find income and even more interesting for the dividend stock. Well, what sectors do you currently think offer some of the best opportunities for dividend growth? Is any promising new areas that you're finding out there? Yeah, and I would go back, Linda, to your just how you introduced that comment. It's, it's a headwind for dividend growth, but actual deflation will make uh, the dividends in even greater demand. So that is both a tailwind and a headwind. It'll make basic income-producing securities uh, attractive, but it will make the technical goal of dividend growth harder. So it's, it's a bit of a, a, a mixed blessing, shall we say. Where are we seeing uh, uh, opportunities? You know, it's a, our, our dividend investors in general, and our products in particular, tend to be uh, lower turnover. Business ownership is business ownership, not not flipping stocks. So we, we tend to be at the, uh, the low end of the broad spectrum of, of, of turnover. So there's not a constant motion in and out. Uh, and the sectors or spaces or companies that we operate tend to be uh, you know, fairly consistent. We tend to have the, the usual suspects. It's a usual suspects crowd, both at a sectoral level uh, and uh, at individual, um, individual holdings. Uh, you can see some shifts in the portfolio over longer periods of time. We've seen some healthcare. Uh, come back into the portfolio. Again, come back in. We've previously had many of these names, but uh, they tend to cycle in and out. The businesses are the same. It's just the share prices move up or down dramatically. It changes the income and uh, level and the yield and the attraction to us, so we can move in and out. That's the benefit of a 
of an active uh, manager. So we've seen a, 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 a 2019 a, a bit more on, on healthcare. It's basically large cap pharma, uh, a bit of um, integrated energy, and then bits and pieces, just uh, miscellaneous uh, individual companies that have become attractive to us during the course of the year. In general, uh, the portfolio profiles of our of dividend to kind of dividend products haven't really changed much in years. There hasn't been any dramatic change. Um, uh, it's it's the usual suspects, just in different measures at various points in time. Yes, but you remind us, even as a high quality dividend investors, how important it is to have a manager who knows when to move in and out. As valuations can move all over the place, can't they? And dividend growth rates, dividend cuts. Uh, new companies. Uh, it was a fascinating year. We won't get into it because we don't want to get uh, make the product stale. But it, 2019 was actually an outstanding year to look at the difference between active versus passive management in dividend investing. Uh, there were lots of zigs and zags in the marketplace concerning dividends, and I have no idea how passive structures. Uh, uh, engage those zigs and zags, but we, we have a tale to tell about that. Yeah, excellent. So now as we look into 2020, Dan, what is your outlook for dividends? You know, we, we continue, historically we uh, seek and will continue to seek in this kind of, you know, the, the bland generic phrase of, of you know, uh, dividend yield and dividend growth and, and from high quality companies, and that continues to be our, our goal. See no reason, despite the headwinds and including some tailwinds, we hope to see in 2019 that we should be able to deliver on our goals of, of dividend growth and a high yield consistent with what we have in the past. Uh, you kind of get to start the clean with a clean slate in January 1. Heading into 2019, we actually didn't have much of a clean slate. We, it, was, it was kind of rather busy and it became a busy year. In 2020, we're going to continue to strive as we have in the past to deliver a high and rising income stream from high quality business assets. That's what we do. As in any year, the turtle wins the race, doesn't it, Dan? The turtle will trundle along, moving very slowly, (laughs) but very consistently. That's what we do. Well, thank you so much, Dan, and thank you to our listeners. We look forward to you joining us again on the Federated Here and Now podcast. Views are as of October 28, 2019, and are subject to change based on market conditions and other factors. These views should not be construed as a recommendation for any specific security or sector. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. There can be no guarantee that any investment strategy will be successful. There are no guarantees that dividend-paying stocks will continue to pay dividends. In addition, dividend-paying stocks may not experience the same capital appreciation potential as non-dividend-paying stocks. Stocks are subject to risk and fluctuate in value. Principal loss is possible. Stocks offer higher return potential, but their prices are more volatile than those of bonds. U.S. government bonds, unlike stocks, are guaranteed as to the timely payment of principal and interest. Unlike stocks, bank savings accounts and CDs are FDIC insured and offer stable principal. Federated Equity Management Company of Pennsylvania, 19 301 11